This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So stocks entered into a bear market in 2022, as we all know, and there were a lot of deals out there. But is anyone buying them? Remember, during the coronavirus sell-off, a lot of investors missed out on buying really cheap stocks during that sell-off because it only lasted about three weeks and then it started to rebound. But this has been longer and more drawn out. And while it appears we might have seen a bottom in June 2022, it's too soon to know if that really was the bottom or not. So what is everybody buying, specifically the greatest value investor ever over there at Berkshire Hathaway? What is Warren Buffett doing during this big sell-off? He was sitting on over $100 billion in cash at one point in the, in the portfolio there. But he has been deploying in the first and the second quarters. So we were all eagerly awaiting the second quarter 13F, which now has just come out. I'm recording this on August 17th, 2022. We finally have our hands on it. But the interesting thing is, is that a lot of people actually did care this quarter what Berkshire Hathaway was doing, which I do find to be um, intriguing because nobody's cared for a while what he's doing. Maybe because he really hasn't been doing that much with all of his cash. And only this year has he really started to deploy it again. But I attempted to go over to Whale Wisdom, which is a site that has all the 13 Fs on it. You can read it for free. So it's just Whale W-H-A-L-E, wisdom, W-I-S-D-O-M.com. You can put in Berkshire Hathaway and you'll see all of their holdings and what moves he's been making. You can search by, you know, the buys, the sells and all the stuff if you look at all the holdings that he has. But I went over there to check it on the day it came out and the site was basically crashing <laughs> and it gave me like this error message like everybody is on here right at the moment. Please come back later. <laughs> so I had to wait over a day before I could get in there and kind of see what was happening. So we are all interested in what was going on in that second quarter, especially as stocks hit those June lows. Was Buffett diving in even bigger than what we already knew? So we did know he was buying Occidental Petroleum um, at least past the June lows um, or, you know, past the quarter because he has to report those every time because he's over a 10% owner and he has to report it within 48 hours. So he was literally buying shares of Occidental almost every week as the oil stocks sold off. But um, the actual filing shows that there was no change in the shares in Occidental in the quarter. So all of that buying must have occurred after the second quarter, but it all just kind of blended together, right? Um, so he's been adding another, I think I saw $1.3 billion in Occidental after the last quarter ended. So ticker on Occidental is OXY. Um and they now own over 20% of Occidental. And so they're seemingly going all in because he does continue to buy on this weakness. So at the end of the second quarter, Occidental was 5.3% of the Berkshire portfolio, but he did continue to buy 
as I said, in July and August now. So it's going to be a little bit more now that he's added another you know, billion or so more shares. But more interesting is that while Occidental gets all the publicity, Chevron is actually his larger oil energy position. And as of the end of the second quarter, it was 7.6% of the portfolio. It's still the fourth largest position, but he only started, you know, really diving in in the first quarter of this year. Um, and he added another 1% to the position in the second quarter. Now, we don't know because he doesn't have the 10% or more ownership of that company, whether or not he also continued to buy shares of Chevron when that sold off in July and August, the same way he was doing with Occidental. So that's kind of what's a drag about the 13 Fs. Like we think we're getting recent data because it is only six weeks old, but it really is out of date quite rapidly, really, if the market you know, conditions change dramatically, which they have. So especially with these energy stacks. So we really don't know uh, totally what's going on there. But he now has 161 million shares of Chevron with a market value of $23 billion. He did add to his largest holding in the quarter. That was Apple, AAPL. He added 3.88 million shares, but he has 894.8 million shares. Those are worth $122.3 billion right now. Now, remember, he first bought shares in the first quarter of 2016. So it's not that old of a position. And he has sold chunks of it um, over the years, you know, small percentages, like two, 3%, kind of what he just added here, you know, a couple million shares because he was getting heavily weighted in it. it. It was as it kept hitting these new highs, it was like 45% or more of his portfolio. And he was trimming, I think, just to, you know, kind of uh, get a little more diverse and not have it be overweighted because if it continues to hit these highs, eventually it's going to be, you know, 50% or more of the portfolio. As of right now, at the end of the second quarter, it was 39.8% of the portfolio, but the shares had fallen a bit. So that's why it fell back a bit. And I'll, it's not going to take that much to get it back up there to 45 or 50%. So um, that'll be an interesting one to watch. So the second largest holding, though, is still Bank of America, ticker BAC. It's 10.2% of the portfolio. He did not add to it in the second quarter. He has a little over a billion shares there worth $31 billion. He first bought these shares in the third quarter of 2017. And I took a look because we know over the last couple of years, he's been selling off a lot of his bank positions because that trade still just hasn't been working. And uh, combined with his credit card companies, he owns Visa, MasterCard, and American Express, he was a little bit too overweighted in the financials, um, especially given that they're still lagging. Yes, he's a value investor. Yes, he has patience. But it did uh, grow to be over 50% of the portfolio at one point were in the financials. So he has cut that way back. As we know, he has sold all of his uh, other big 
banks that he bought only just a couple of years ago, JP Morgan and um, PNC Financial. He owned those, but those are missing now. But he still does own a couple of these other ones. And he bought a new one in the first quarter of 2021. So those other banks that he owns, U.S. Bank Corp., that's a pretty big regional bank. USB is the ticker. He did sell some of that in the second quarter. He sold 6.6 million shares. He first bought into this bank in the first quarter of 2006. That was before the financial crisis. So that's pretty impressive. He's holding on, um, looking down the barrel at possibly 20 years in this one. He has 119.8 million shares. They're still worth 5.5 billion. So that's not that small of a position, really. And he owns the Bank of New York Mellon, ticker BK. He first bought this one after the financial crisis in the third quarter of 2010. So we're going on 12 years owning this one. And this is a small per- percent of the portfolio. Um, it's 72 million shares worth about $3 billion, And it's just about 1% of the portfolio. But it does come in at number 13 in the portfolio. So still... Uh, some of these banks combined with Bank of America are still creating, you know, a nice chunk here. And then the bank that he did buy in the first quarter, which I was surprised about, given the fact that he had exited JP Morgan and PNC, uh, but he bought Citigroup, ticker C. It was just a small position. He's not added to it. Makes me think that it was really a, uh, a lieutenant Buying into the into this one, Citigroup was the most beaten up of the big four banks, and it sold off the most, so it was the cheapest, and makes sense that they dove into that one. It's also ranks number fourteen at just 0.8 percent of the portfolio. Um, but one other bank I always forget about because he only started buying this one as well in the first quarter is Ali Financial. A-L-L-Y is the ticker. So not one of the big ones that have been around for forever. He bought a bigger chunk of it in the second quarter. It was just 0.11% of the portfolio. He bought 21 million extra shares in the second quarter, and now it's 0.33%. And now he has 30 million shares worth about a billion dollars. He now owns 9.2% of the company. It's number 27 in the portfolio, the 27th largest position. Um, But he's making kind of a play on, you know, this uh, more local type of online bank here that we've seen their ads for and we're maybe a little familiar with, right? So it is a little bit different than the Bank of America or Citigroup or USB, some of these other kind of old school type banks that he's owned. So this is kind of a newer school bank. But again, it is interesting that he's buying a nice bigger chunk of it in that second quarter. He also bought more of his favorite arbitrage play that we've talked about in the past, Activision Blizzard, ATVI. Um, I think I mentioned on one of the other podcasts where I brought up arbitrage and I brought up ATVI and Microsoft that Buffett had been buying it. He was doing the arbitrage and I was curious whether or not he would add more because the shares still remain well below the buyout price. So Microsoft buyout price for Activision is $95 a share. 
the shares right now are trading at $80. And I do think they were lower in the second quarter when Buffett bought even more of it. So um, yeah, you're getting the difference. If this deal goes through at 95 later this year, you're getting $15 a share. That's like easy, free money, right? And you're not holding it up for very long. It's only a couple more months here until you see whether or not this deal goes through. Now the deal may not, but Buffett is betting that it does. So this is going to be an interesting one. He hasn't done arbitrage in a long time and he was kind of like, you know, not laughing about it at the annual meeting, but he was kind of like, haha, I'm doing some arbitrage. They did it accidentally, uh, kind of originally. They were already in the stock when the buyout was announced, but then they actively have been doing the arbitrage now. Uh, so this is, it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens uh, and if the Berkshire shareholders make out on that addition. Also, he added more Selenies, ticker CE. Now, this one only ranks 25th in the portfolio, and he only did first buy this one in the first quarter of 2022 as well. Selenies is a specialty materials and chemicals company, so it's on the chemical side, and um, it's just 0.35% of the portfolio. I was kind of curious about this one because the earn or the PE is so low, it's only 6.5 here. And over the last six months, these shares are down 26.3%. So I looked at the earnings to see, you know, are, is this a deal or is this a trap? What's happening with the earnings? They're expected to decline 0.55% in 2022. That doesn't really bother me because a lot is going on with commodity costs and things. But then Analysts expect another decline in 2023, down 13.2%. That's a lot bigger decline for next year. So I don't like it that the earnings are going in the wrong direction here, even though I do like the chemical side of uh, you know the industrials and all that, even with the possibility of a recession. I do like that area, but... This one, um, you know, the two declines back to back is not exciting me. It does pay a dividend yielding 2.3%, but he is getting it dirt cheap just 6.5 times here in August 2022. Might have been even cheaper when he bought it a couple months ago. So this is a very small position, and I don't think he's like too concerned that it looks a little value trappy there because, as we know, Buffett has a long-term horizon and can uh, be patient, get that dividend while he waits and sees if those earnings turn around. Uh, what did he sell? That's a good question, right? Everybody always races to see that. Like, what is he getting out of? Uh, he sold out of Verizon completely, finally, ticker VZ, and he sold out of Royalty Pharma that was on the healthcare side. RPRX is the ticker. He had very small positions in both. So he was already indicating, hey, you know, I'm getting out of these. And now he has completely gotten out of those. Um, another one that he's been selling and now it's a very small position. It looks like he will be out of this one in this next quarter, most likely to, is Store Capital Corp, ticker STOR. He sold 53% of his position in it in the second quarter. It's now just 0.06% of the portfolio for $180 million. Very small, like I said. And, you know, once you, once he does this uh, where he sells like a big chunk of it and leaves just like this very small position, I mean, that's basically not 
giving much confidence in the stock, right? But for whatever reason, he didn't, he never wants to get out like completely. And that might be just for trading reasons and what the stock is doing. So he gets out these slow methods, but then he gets down to these very small positions like he did with Verizon and Royalty Pharma. They were also very small. And then the next quarter, he just like gets out completely and just ends it. Um, So this one is a REIT. And it pays a dividend yielding 5.3%, but it does look like he's heading out of that one. He did also sell some General Motors. It's number 19 in the portfolio, which is 0.55%, ticker GM. Uh, Still has $1.6 billion position in that one, but this one does not appear like he's trying to sell to get out completely like the others, like I said, they they go down to like, you know, 0.03% or something like that, not 0.55 before he exits completely. But who knows? We don't know. Um, could still get out of that one completely. And then I was very curious when the initial 13F came out, whether or not he would add to Amazon in the quarter, ticker AMZN, because um, he did buy into that a couple of years ago, but we know it wasn't him. We know it was his uh, lieutenant because he said it wasn't him because people were outraged. I think at the time it was trading at like, I don't know, 90 times forward PE or something. And it's even more expensive right now because the earnings estimates have been cut. So, but they have never sold anything, I don't believe. They're still just holding on to that initial position from a couple of years ago. He did end up buying that pre-pandemic. So he owns about 10 million shares in Amazon worth about $1.1 billion. It's the 24th largest position. Year to date, the shares are down 15%, but they were down as much as 38% in June. That's why I was wondering, you know, whether or not he was going to dive in and like he did with Apple and just add even a small position to that holding with the shares down that significantly. It's not like we've seen many buying opportunities where Amazon is down 40% off of its, you know, recent highs. Um, But no, he did not add to that position. We don't know why we never know why, um, it could be that the lieutenants are totally out of money. They're fully um, invested with the cash that they're given from uh, Buffett to do their own thing. And so, again, Buffett doesn't want to buy Amazon because he never wanted to, even though he has talked highly of the company over the years. But um, the valuation is a little bit of a problem. And especially with those earnings being cut now, I just don't think that's the one he wants to go into. As we know, most of the Berkshire cash is now being deployed into energy. So that's Amazon AMZN disappointed that there's no addition there. But I've also seen some interesting posts about the 13F floating around on Twitter And one of them was actually before the 13F, um, just talking about Apple and its dividends. So people were tweeting out how much money Berkshire was going to get when Apple just recently paid out its dividend payment. So they apparently got 
$208,738,745 from the dividend payment in this last quarter. Like that was just paid out here in August. So not a bad day to come in and get $208 million extra into the portfolio, right? But again, Apple is their largest position and he does own, what did I say it was? Um, 894.8 million shares in it worth $122.3 billion. So it got me thinking, well, I don't even think that's that great because Apple's yield is not that great right here. Even though he owns a ton of shares, the the payout just isn't that great. Is anyone buying Apple for that dividend anymore? I don't think so. It used to be kind of decent. It used to be like 2% or like 1.5%. But now that the shares are approaching their all-time high yet again, I saw that they're only like about 2% away from that all-time high again. The yield is just 0.5%. So not even, you know, just not even 1%. It's half a percent now. So while he gets this big check and that sounds like all like, you know, amazing, it's not even that great. I thought I'd take a look at some of his other big holdings because uh, the number two and number four positions in the portfolio also pay like a super huge dividends. And he's got really big positions. So I'm not sure why no one else is talking about them. But let's talk about Bank of America. They just raised their dividend by a penny to 22 cents for the quarter. It's payable on September 30th to shareholders as of September 2nd. So Berkshire will get a payout on September 30th from Bank of America. We don't know for sure how many shares they'll have then, We only know what they have as of the end of the second quarter. And at the end of the second quarter, they had 1 billion, 10 million, 100 something gazillion. (laughs) I can't even, I can't even say it all, but they had a billion shares. Let's just keep it there. But I actually did the calculations. Yes, I I did out the calculator app and they're going to get a payout on September 30th of $222,222,133. So more than they're getting from Apple, $222 million versus $208 million from Apple. Um, but Bank of America is a big position in the portfolio and they own a lot of shares there too. Bank of America is yielding 2.4%. So that's why they're getting this nice payout, even though they don't own as many shares as they do in the Apple. Um, Year to date, the shares are down 18.5%. They're pretty cheap on a PE basis of 11.4. And I do know a lot of people buy the banks for that dividend. And this one's not too bad, yielding 2.4% percent, as I said, but Buffett's going to suddenly have another $222 million to deploy into something. I don't know if he reinvests the dividends. That's a good question. Does it go into cash or does he just buy more shares? We would know if he bought more shares because it would tell us. So I don't think so. I think it's just going into the cash hoard. Um, and then I was really curious to see what would happen with Chevron, right? Because that's now the fourth largest position He has 161 um, million shares of that one, and that one has the much bigger yield. So the payout should be quite extensive for that one. It's yielding 3.6% as of August. 
And that one is paying $1.42 per share this quarter. It's payable on September 12th for shareholders as of August 19th. So I'm recording this on August 17th. If you're listening to it by now, it's probably too late to get this this particular dividend payout, but um, not too late to get the future ones because they are consistently paying this one out. So again, it's yielding 3.6%, PE of just 8.8. So Chevron is still cheap. I'm not surprised they added to their position in the second quarter, but what's this payout like? So got that handy app out, typed it in, and they're getting 229.2 million from the Chevron dividend. So more than Bank of America or Apple now for Chevron because of that 3.6% yield. And then I added it all up um, on paper, actually, not on the app. I manually added. And just with those three companies alone, this next payout is going to equal $659 million just for those three. He has many other companies that also pay a dividend, including like American Express, um, his other banks, uh, a couple of the other ones. Um, Yeah, including that REIT that he's almost sold out of that has the 5% yield. Many of those are much smaller positions, so it's not going to be quite as big of amounts. Occidental does pay a dividend, but its yield is very small here. So even though he's been adding to that position, that dividend is not that good, not yet, but it may be in the future. They're buying back a lot of shares at Occidental at the moment. So unclear if they're going to do any, you know, dividend increases or special dividends like some of the other producers are doing um, going forward. I would look for some of that going forward, but they're still going to get, you know, pretty extensive payout also from Occidental. So this is like an interesting um, situation, right? To get the dividends, have that money working for you going forward. I know many of us like the dividends. Ironically, Buffett himself does not really like dividends. Uh, He's never really bought anything for the dividend that we know of. He didn't want uh, Berkshire to pay a dividend. It is doing the share buybacks, but he didn't want to do the dividend himself. But, uh, you know, he's not turning down all this cash that these companies are paying out to him, that's for sure. Uh, So he'll have even more cash to work with. And I kind of wonder, how does it work if some of the lieutenants have companies that pay dividends? Do they then get to have that cash that comes in as a dividend into their own portfolios? I would think so, right? Um, But Apple is a Buffett stock. Chevron is a Buffett stock. Bank of America is a Buffett stock. So none of the lieutenants are getting this $659 million that's just going into the Berkshire coffers. And, you know, as we know, just from this payout, They can't get rid of their cash fast enough, apparently. So they bought an an additional $1.3 billion in Occidental since the end of the second quarter. But, you know, they're going to get $659 million in plus more because they're going to get the Occidental dividend and these various others, the American Express, the Coke dividend. And so they're they're getting it in at the same rate that they're spending it at the moment. A uh, tough problem to have, right? We all would want to have that problem. Uh, but let's let's uh, do a final analysis on what he's been doing. So not as many surprises as I would have thought, given where the stock market went to. What does that mean? We don't know. 
Does that mean he thinks that, you know, that wasn't the bottom, that there's further slide to go? He still has billions of dollars sitting there on the sidelines. Um, He's been very patient. He's accumulated it over numerous years. He does not have to spend it out there. He is still buying these purchases of Occidental, so some money is still being deployed. Is he buying more of the Chevron in this last quarter? We don't know. Um, So there's still more mysteries that await when we're going to have to wait for the third quarter, 13F now, to see what's going on with some of these uh, stocks. But, um, you know, he's kind of staying the course here, staying the course on energy. He still loves Apple and it's free cash flow and um, surprisingly is fairly strong in the banks and that area and is not going into any of the beaten down tech names. So he's still not finding value in those because he did not buy any more of Amazon or anything else that was similar to that one in the portfolio other than Apple. Um, So Yeah, it's always interesting. And I recommend checking out the Whale Wisdom, as I said. That's the site where you can see what the the buys and sells are. And that's where I get all my information from for this podcast. So it's all just kind of out there and they make it easy. You can search the charts for, you know, what they bought recently. You can also actually on Whale Wisdom search by ticker and not just by like hedge fund or company. So you do have to look under Berkshire Hathaway, but you can search for say Apple, the ticker on there and see who is buying and selling that ticker that sometimes can send you down a rabbit hole too. (laughs) Sometimes it just means like the Vanguard, the big Vanguard ETFs are buying and selling. So it doesn't really, it's very difficult to like kind of see like which hedge funds or who is getting in there. But it's more effective with some of the smaller stocks um, or these areas that are kind of out of favor. And you can see who is buying, say, who else is buying a Chevron or an Occidental, if anybody out there in the hedge fund or, you know, the managed money land. Uh, and remember, who has to file the 13Fs? You have to have, I think it's $100 million under management. Um, it might be more, but it's at least, I, I believe, $100 million. You have to file it with the SEC 45 days at the end of the quarter so that everybody can see your buys and sells. But that means you have a little bit of leeway so no one can uh, follow you into the trades, so to speak, while they're happening. There's been a lot of controversy about that 45-day rule But for right now, that's what we have. So that's what everybody follows. But be sure to check out that site, whalewisdom.com, and look for your favorite um, investors and see what they're doing or not doing, because that is also interesting. Okay, let me recap some of the tickers. We talked about a lot of them. We had Occidental Petroleum, OXY. Buffett is still buying that even past the second quarter. Chevron, CVX, Bank of America, BAC, Apple, AAPL, US Bancorp, USB, uh, New York, Mellon Bank, BK, B as in boy, K. Then we had Citigroup, just ticker C. We had Ali Financial, A-L-L-Y. We had Activision Blizzard. That's the arbitrage, remember, 
I like saying that word arbitrage, right? It sounds so like fun and like Wall Streety, right? Um, ATVI is the ticker there. Then we had Selenese. That's the chemicals. He doesn't have that much in that kind of area. Selenese CE, at least in the portfolio. That's I'm not talking about uh, Berkshire-owned companies, but within the portfolio. CE was the ticker there. He sold out of uh, store... S-T-O-R, or almost sold out. It's a very small position. Um, he sold out of Verizon VZ. Um, he sold some of General Motors GM. Uh, he didn't do anything with Amazon AMZN. Oh, and I forgot one other that he did add to Paramount, P-A-R-A. He did add a, some more to that position, but Everyone believes that that's one of the lieutenants in there because it doesn't seem like a Buffett stock, really. Um, so keep that in mind, too. Isn't it interesting? We can now tell, as I've said many times in the past, who is doing what trades now for the most part. We can determine because some are just have the stamp of Buffett and are like Buffett type of companies and others just do not. So we can kind of tell. Now, who is doing what? And also, if, if they're deploying any huge amounts of money, we mostly know that that is, is Buffett because he's in charge of all that cash. So uh, keep that in mind. And as always, you want to be sure to subscribe to the Value Investor Portfolio so you're getting all of our uh, episodes because I'm bringing you a lot of stocks as I did on this episode. And yeah, we'll be talking about Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway again because why not? It is the greatest value investor. He's still out there making trades. And so we do want to know what he's doing. So be sure to get us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. You can get us on Amazon Music. And you can get us with the Zach's Market Edge on SoundCloud. But be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.